The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. I'm not, I'm not special. I'm not different than anybody else. I'm not better than anybody else. Uh, the simple fact that I can cross a pool faster than most people, it's, uh, it's pretty cool, but it doesn't make me better than anybody else as a person, as a human. Olympic Channel Podcast. Hey, hey, what's up, guys? I'm Ash Tullock, and this is the official Olympic Channel Podcast. And I tell you what, today's guest was such a joy to talk to, and, and not just because he's one of the fastest swimmers in the world, but he's also, you know, a good, down-to-earth, funny human. Who is he? It's Bruno Fratas, Brazil's 50-metre freestyle bronze medalist from Tokyo 2020. Now, over the last decade, he's won or been on the podium at nearly every major swimming meet. In fact, he's raced in the final of the 50-metre free for the last three consecutive Olympics. Amazing. But as he puts it, it's not all been peaches and cream. I caught up with him a couple of days ago and chatted about everything from authenticity, putting on 10 kgs after Tokyo, about his wife and coach, fellow Olympian Michelle Lenhard, plus Formula One icon Ayrton Senna. We discuss what his next tattoo will be and the big mission on the horizon, Paris 2024. It's jam-packed, so let's dive in. I started off by asking him whether the smile has come off his face since winning bronze in Tokyo nine months ago. You're listening to the Olympic Channel podcast. Yes, it has. Most certainly, it has. So, sometimes you just, you just need to put that smile away and get your game face on because it's time to, it's time to work again. You know, It is true that I allowed myself to have that smile for a while on my face because, I mean, it's a feat that it's worth uh, celebrating. For as much as you can, for as much as you want, and I've earned that, and I wanted to share that with all my friends and family and everybody. But at some point, you just gotta, as I said, put your game face on and get back to work. So I wasn't, I wasn't smile like I wasn't smiling like that an hour ago when I was in the pool. <laughs> I love that you say that because it's interesting. I think with athletes is you see this kind of front facing version. You know who you are in the pool, who you are at home with your wife, with your dogs. You know you're going to be someone different. And then we've got social media. Uh, you can be a different person all over again. How important is that authenticity to you? Because I have to say the way that you appear is very charismatic, very charming very happy but you know thank you how how much of that is important to you i guess to show that authenticity it's it's not only important but for me it's mandatory there's no way there is no way there's no other way of like to to live my life and present myself to to everybody around me especially the public i think when you try to play a persona that's extremely unfair to to the sports fan who who follow you and who appreciate what you're doing and who take inspiration in what you do because then uh, they just got inspiration for something fake, right? So I try to be me. I try to show the reality of uh, of what really is. I try to I try to express myself exactly the way I think. Sometimes, oftentimes, I get in trouble for that, especially with Brazilian media. 
Because believe me or not, I sound much smarter in Portuguese than I sound in English. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to be funny here, yeah. But I mean, I, I can I can express I can express myself much better in Portuguese, obviously. And uh, oftentimes I get in trouble for that because I'm I have absolutely no filter, and I just say the way it comes. And um, but I do believe authenticity is important. It's important. It's important for you to be honest with yourself, for you to be true, true with yourself, and uh, for you to be honest with with the public, with everybody who follows swimming, who follows sports, who follows me as an athlete. So I don't want people thinking that it's all peaches and creams, and and I'm just smiling every day, and I'm happy and I'm motivated every day. I show the I show the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool because I think we're all human, right? And I think sometimes it's easy to see people like yourself achieve something that's really amazing and watch that beautiful moment and think, "Wow, they must have it all together." Yeah, that's that's the thing. Uh I'm not I'm not special. I'm not different than anybody else. I'm not better than anybody else. Uh the simple fact that I can cross a pool faster than a lot of people, most people, it's uh it's pretty cool, but it doesn't make me better than anybody else as a person as a human and the only difference is that that's that's just a platform so i can say what i want to say so i can express what i want to express and to make my voice relevant and valuable to to some people and uh the, the only difference when it comes to swimming especially it's, it's that i dedicated a little more time than than most people to that same purpose which is crossing the pool faster than faster than everybody else. So that's that's the only thing. I've been training since I was 11. I started training and all since I was 11. And then I decided I wanted to be an Olympian at the age of uh, 13, 12. I'm not sure. And I started to find ways of getting better and getting faster and to, to developing myself as an athlete. So that, that that's just... That's just it. You know, there's nothing mythical. There's nothing out of this world, superhuman about that. I I think it's extremely inspirational, especially when you watch those hype videos from the Olympics. I get the goosebumps every time I do. And lately, when I see myself in those videos, I shed a tear or two. I may or may not cry a little. But in the end of the day, we're all people, you know, as long as you put in the time, as long as you put in the effort, as long as you have faith in yourself, you can do even much better than what I did. And it's also interesting, I mean, when you de- when you talk a little bit about your journey as, you know, a little boy hopping in the pool, training and then committing, you know, to wanting to be an Olympian and then all of those years of dedication, of hard work, uh, you know, you've been in an Olympic final for the 50 metre three, three times uh, and now you have this wonderful title of oldest swimmer to win their first Olympic medal. <laughs> How does that oh, sound boy, to yeah. you? Are you sick of hearing that? I don't know. Maybe I'm a late bloomer. Who knows? <laughs> but it's that's that's what dedication is. That's what uh, insistence is. That's what I mean. You just gotta stick to something and go chase it. You know, have a purpose every day, day in and day out. You have to live with a purpose, and that's the power of consistency as well you know making three olympic finals back to back that's being consistent and you have to live consistently 
you have to take care of your diet, your resting, your training. You have to be consistently training well. You have to consistently be putting effort and giving nothing less than a hundred percent every day. I mean, it sounds it sounds a little. It comes out a little corny, a little cheesy, you know. But that's that's the truth. You just got to be consistent, and you got to believe it. You got to, you know, focus on what you need to do. I usually tell younger athletes that deep inside you know what you have to do. You know when when some younger athletes they ask me if there's any trick if i have any tip or not i usually tell them well you just want me to reinforce whatever uh you already know because you know what's good for you you just have to listen to you and if i tell you something that if deep inside you know it's not going to work for you it's not good for you you're going to cherry pick my advice and you're going to use only what you believe is good for you so deep inside you know just listen to yourself, you know, and that's that's what I've been living by. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, as I said before, especially in this day and age with social media, there's so many things like stimulating us as humans that sometimes it's kind of hard to kind of narrow down exactly what it is that we're trying to do. Uh, and I guess it's probably quite normal for people to come to you and be like, hey, Bruno, you've you've been successful, uh, you know, world championships, Olympics, like, you know, where do I go from here? What do I do? Um, but I guess, you know, everyone's on their own journey. And as you discovered yourself, you get knocked back down, you get back up again, you know, Rio 6th, London 4th. Um, what was it like then to to finally be able to, I guess, achieve this dream of yours to to win the bronze medal uh, in Tokyo and then to be able to to take it back home, to take it back to Rio, a place where, you know, things were a bit bittersweet because of the pressure, because of the expectation and because of how things went for you when the Rio Olympic Games were there back in 2016? Well, first of all, in Rio, it was something, it was the most beautiful experience of my life to have every word of support in the village and to have, I don't know how many thousand Brazilians just chanting my name before that final, but I think I allowed myself to be uh, carried away by that. So, it, as you mentioned, things didn't work out that well, but then in Tokyo, for me, I had a little bit of that now or never feeling, you know, especially because if things haven't gone that well, I'll be a former swimmer right now. I'd have retired, that's, that's for sure. And uh, I mean, first of all, it was that explosion of euphoria, you know, and then a big sign of relief. I don't think I ever smiled that big ever before in my life. And I was feeling so light, so relieved and, uh, and obviously accomplished. And uh, the, the, best, the best moments, not even that one that you guys got to watch, the best moment is actually what you didn't get to watch. That's when you get back to your room in the village and you look yourself in the mirror and you just, you know, you have that feeling of your son of a gun, you did, you know. <laughs> And uh, you finally did it. Yeah, you look at the mirror like, you're the man. Who's the man? You're the man. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that's the best moment. Next day when you wake up and you look to your countertop and, that's, uh, and there's an Olympic medal, you know. And, guys, it doesn't matter if it's golden, if it's a bronze medal, if it's a silver medal. Uh, just the fact that you accomplished something. It's crazy how, of course, the Olympic champion is the Olympic champion. But I don't think 
I don't think there's one human being on earth that ever got upset by getting an Olympic medal. You know, those people, those people that you see with a, with a not so happy face because they got second or third in the Olympics. I mean, there's one, either there's something very wrong with their heads or two deep inside they're happy, but they don't want to express that. You know, they want to keep their game face on. They just yeah. want to, they just don't want to show any vulnerability, you know? but it's 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 the best feeling in the world it's the best feeling in the world you know it's funny you mentioned that about the feeling because i actually just read a report before which said that studies have shown that people who come in third place may actually be happier th- than those that win silver do you think that's that's that can be true i don't know man i just know i was hella happy that's what i was i was super happy <laughs> And uh, would I have been happier? Would I have been happier with a silver? Would I have been? Can you imagine if I have one gold? I'll be what arrested right now? What's the? I'll be just like one of the Hangover movies. I don't know. <laughs> because yeah, I don't know. I I think honestly, the reason I kept going it's it's exactly because I want to find out. I want to find out because what you're chasing, at some point, what you're chasing is not even the perfect race. I don't care about having the perfect race. I just want I just want to have I just want to have that feeling again. Or having that or have that feeling but even stronger, even better. I don't know. If next time I get a silver medal, we're going to see. Next time if I get a gold medal, make sure to bail bail me out, you know? Just um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. That's that's what we train for. That's what we train for, you know, to pursue that feeling of accomplishment. It's not about the race itself. It's how the result make you feel. So you just want to go there and feel good about yourself and feel accomplished and make your people happy and make your country proud of you because it's, uh, it's one of the best things when you go, when you fly back home and you see people proud of you. It's not for the fame. I mean, that's, that's irrelevant in my, in my opinion. It's not for, I mean, if it wasn't because of the money, I'll be in the wrong field, honestly, because we're no NBA, we're no NFL, right? But the best feeling there is, is just you see in the face of your people looks of, of hope, looks of accomplishment. Even though they had nothing to do with the preparation, the only thing they did was cheer for you. Yeah. And root in front of the television, they feel accomplished, they feel proud. So there was a guy back um in brazil back in the early 90s he unfortunately he passed sadly passed away in 93 if i'm not mistaken his name was ayrton senna and uh ayrton senna became what in my opinion is the biggest sportsman of brazil to the date and one of the biggest national heroes losing only to i don't know I think he's on the same level of our founding fathers and uh you know and the people who actually founded our country and Ayrton Senna is on the same level because it was a time that was very difficult in Brazil just like I mean, history repeats itself right but it was a very difficult time back home and he just gave people hope and he made people feel like they could achieve something they could do something despite of anything else and uh, I mean, I can only hope to be as accomplished as him. I don't think I'll ever be as big as as he is. I mean, in my opinion, it's one of the next tattoos I want to have is about him. Really? But if if I can if I can provide that, 
to to the country I love, to the country I was born in, and to the people I love, that that'll be enough for me. You know, just make people feel hopeful. So, so when you know you go through what you've just been through, and you get to go home and celebrate and and take that medal back to your parents, back to your family, back to the people in Brazil. I mean, where did, when did you then start thinking about what's next? Well, first of all, it took us 15 minutes, me and Michelle, to decide that we we're going to go another another race. Even though the race in Tokyo, uh, it was a very successful one, right? Put us on top of a, an Olympic podium. Technically, it was a weak race. It wasn't a good race. It was a race that before the whole COVID and lockdown pandemics thing, which obviously took us a lot out of the pace we wanted to be. It was a swim that I could take any given day at practice, you know? So we still had a lot to recover from that, all that lockdown stuff. And so we decided to go another one because if, if with a race like that, we can go on the podium. I mean, if we, if we clutch a perfect race on a good day, I mean, we can be on top. We can break a world record. We don't know. And uh, that made me keep going. But then I come back home and there was about six to eight weeks and uh, we took a rest. I got fat. I drank a lot. I slept a lot. I played a lot of video games. We went partying. And What's uh, getting fat? What's getting fat for you? Oh, I put on 10 kilos. You put on 10 kilos after winning went, uh, Bronze Tokyo. I went <laughs> up to 92. That's almost three digits. Three digits is a lot. I was very close to it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And 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 was that the point where you were where you were like, uh, all right, time to <laughs> time to dial it in. All right, time to get back. <laughs> time, time to look like an athlete again. Hey, and not, for those that don't know, when you say we, you're talking about your wife, who is also an Olympian. Yes, 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 you yes. Know, who is your coach? I don't think it's fair for me to be talking about my results as my results as ours. You know, she she puts the same level of effort. She dedicates as much as I do. So it's only fair that I mention her. I mention her every time I talk about performance and, and, uh, and results and sports and swims and races and everything. But that's the thing. We spent six to eight weeks where I had my cake, I had my bread, I had my pasta, I had my burgers, I had my beer, I had my wine. And then it was time to look like an athlete again. And we started to come back slowly, increase training, dieting, resting, everything back again. And uh, now the focus is on Paris 24. Paris 24. Hey, though, we are a month away from the World Championships in Hungary. Yes. Tell me about that. I don't know, man. It's the best pool in the world. It's, uh, it's the best pool in the world. Budapest, it, there's no way you can have a bad swim in Budapest. It's, uh, that pool was was built for success you know it was built to make history on but at the same time as i said we are we are focusing on on paris right now of course the goal is always to get competitive in every single swim pool in a in every single meet in every single championship but we're trying not to burn out too quick you know this uh this season Last cycle was way too tough on everybody, physically, mentally, especially emotionally with the whole COVID thing happening. And uh, it was a five-year cycle, you know? So we're trying to, we're trying to put all that brush on the back burner a little bit. And we're going to slowly step in on the gas a little more 
like exponentially over this next two years so we can get to Paris because Paris is the goal now. Yeah, because with, with respect, uh, you're not the youngest man in the pool anymore. There's that. <laughs> uh, a, a few years ago, you know, maybe maybe in your first tango back in back in uh, at the London Olympics, you were. But uh, in Paris, if I'm right, you're going to be 35. So I guess you're going to be managing yourself a little bit differently. Yeah, but that's the thing. I'm still the sexiest. I'm still the smartest. So, I mean, things balance <laughs> itself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Things just balance itself. <laughs> they even they even themselves up. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And I'm the most humble too. Forgot to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Uh, I cannot. I cannot just go stepping on the gas every single day of the week and every season. Before that, coming out of Rio, I have this urgency to overperform everybody on every single swim meet. And uh, it costed a lot of mental health to me, and it costed almost costed my shoulder. I had to have a surgery. I, I mean, I just broke my shoulder halfway. So right now we're trying to be a little smarter on the preparation, especially because I didn't peak on the Olympic year, on the next cycle. So now we're trying to be a little more, a little smarter, and so we can peak when it matters the most. So what is the what is the 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 goal that you're writing down on the piece of paper the the little note that goes underneath your pillow at night what's the goal for paris oh i don't do that anymore what i don't do that anymore i used to write times i used to you don't have a note above your bed or no 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 because that's that's one of the things growing older in the sport and then getting to a mature age and still competing is that you stop romanticizing things so it was a huge step for me to be successful in Tokyo just to stop freaking romanticizing this thing. It's a race. It's a 50-meter pool with a block in the end. And uh, you're going to dive in and you're going to touch first at the other side. It's just pure racing. You know, there's no – forget the lights, forget the colors, forget all those delicious noodles at the village. And uh, it's just a race. And that's actually one thing Michelle told me before heading to the race. She said, hey – Make sure you know whatever happens right now is gonna is not gonna change who you are. It might put a couple more spotlights on us, but it's not gonna change who you are as a person. And that's what happened. So I do not have a goal written in paper, but I can guarantee you it's gonna be hard to if, if you wanna beat me, you're gonna have to come ready and race. It's exciting. It's exciting to hear when someone is at a point and stage in their career that they are just black and white about what they want. You know, it's like you've been there, you've done that and and you know, you know what works and what doesn't work. Um so I guess, I mean, it almost sounds like you're a bit more at peace with yourself in a way. Is that a fair assumption? I am. I am. I am. I truly am because I know I just talked about not romanticizing anything, but <laughs> it's, it's the thing that I put in my mind that I, I, I established as a goal when I was 11. And it took me 21 years to accomplish. Before that goal, I was just a child and a toddler for the most of the time, you know, mm. and after that, I just spent 21 years of my life. I'm 32 right now. So I spent two thirds of my life pursuing something. So it does give you peace of mind when you finally achieve it. It's just something that gives you peace of mind that makes you whole as a person. You know, I felt like before that there was something missing. I was really, I was really 
proud of my whole career, but I mean, you just, you just need an Olympic medal to seal the deal, you know? And now I feel like we're just going for the cherry on top of the cake. Exciting. Oh, that's super cool. I can't wait to see sort of how things all trickle down over the next couple of years. Uh, but I also want to take the opportunity because May is a time when we celebrate little things like Mother's Day. Um, and I was listening to uh, something recently. When, what, you, what was that face? When is it? <laughs> Mother's Day. When? In Brazil, 8th. Oh, wow. Have I just you saved just, you? You just saved it's me. It's 8th of May. Have I just saved yeah. you? Yeah. You just saved me. <laughs> I was totally gonna forget. I was totally gonna forget. I was totally gonna forget to call my mom. <laughs> oh wow. Well, uh, well, this is the moment. This is this is your chance then to redeem yourself because I think you know we speak so much to athletes about themselves and about you and about what you want and all these kinds of things. And I just couldn't help but think when I was thinking about my mom, you know, the other day in the lead up to Mother's Day that, you know, how much she's had an influence on my life. And I, I just thought, you know, I'd give you the opportunity to sort of talk a bit about your mom and, and what makes her, you know, such an incredible person because you've obviously gone on to achieve great things. But behind you, there's, you know, there's a good woman, I'm sure. <laughs> it is. It's it's the power of, of love and affection and uh, and uh, and empathy and basically everything because not only the practical memories I have of my mom wake me up to practice when I first started doing doubles before before school you know had to wake up at five in the morning to go training and then and then go to school she's the one wake me up and preparing my breakfast and make, making sure I was ready but not only this practical things but the fact that she always had something positive to say every time I needed you know, so that's that's how important it is to have supporting parents. Well, uh, I don't know your parents, but they have obviously done pretty well to raise someone like yourself who, as you so eloquently said, is so humble. <laughs> Um, but you know, you know, it's, it's awesome because, you know, you have, it's very clear also, you have a lot of respect, um, from the guys that you're in the pool with when, when you got that bronze, uh, Flo Manadou was, was giving you, you know, he got silver, but he was, he was there with you and, uh, it's nice to see that bromance there. So hopefully one day we can see a sort of a full expose behind the scenes of what it's like in the swimming world. It'd be quite cool to have one of those kind of documentaries, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's something swimming is desperately lacking. It's uh, some marketing behind it and uh, and content, really relevant content and and content that connects with people, you know, um, stories and personalities and, and, and get to know people behind the sport. Well, let's, let's give Hollywood a call. I don't think why not. I don't see why not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it's been such a pleasure to catch up with you. I really hope that we can see you poolside sometime soon. And actually, one last thought. Let's um, let's make a date and let's bring Michelle along as well. Um, let's go get this tattoo. Let's come along with you. I'd love to see you get this Ayrton Senna tattoo. Maybe we can, um, we can have a chat while you're having it done. What do you reckon? Do you want to make it live here recording like that? Or you're flying, you're flying here <laughs> and we're doing it in person? Well, no, we would come. We'd come to you. Would come. Would come to. Would come to it. Where you're gonna do it? Well, for, first of all, you guys, you guys gotta come to Budapest. All right, you just gotta be there. As I said, I mean, yeah, a world championship in that swimming pool. It's a promise of 
something for the books. Well, uh, we are going to be there. My colleague Andrew, he's going to be there on the ground. So I'll make sure he comes and finds you. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Great. I'll let, I'll let you know next time I get tatted. Yeah. 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 Sounds good. Hey, we so appreciate your time. All the best. And I'll try it. I'll try not to cry. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, you know, we are all about feelings. We're all about authenticity. Let's go. Crying, crying is a way of, uh, of life. It's who we are. We're human, right? I think so too. Think like an Olympian. Big thanks to Bruno for taking the time to chat. I had a lot of fun and hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to it as well. Thanks for tuning in and please do come back next week. We've got another great podcast coming up for you. I don't want to give too much away, but it is going to be well worth a listen if I do say so myself. For now though, take it easy. I'm Ash Tullock and I'll catch you next week. That was the Olympic Channel Podcast.